Welcome to the Dirt World Podcast. I'm Jason Richmond, a fourth generation road builder who started on a shovel and now serves as the chief operating officer at BuildWit. This podcast digs into the infrastructure construction world, exploring the challenges, successes, and strategies that shape exceptional leadership and builds a thriving workforce. Please join me in welcoming our next guest, Andy Cayella, Vice President of Construction Technology and Controls at WSB. Before WSB, Andy spent his 25-year career bidding and building complex infrastructure projects across the United States and around the world. Six years ago, Andy became convinced that operationalizing a digital twin was our industry's future. Andy has only become more convinced in the intervening years and now works to bring successful digital integration to the civil construction industry. Successful integration means we will help enable a way of doing business that best supports those who build the work. It also means that risk is better understood and mitigated and that every stakeholder has the information they need to make good business decisions. Andy has committed his career to this vision. Andy, I'm excited to talk with you. Welcome to the Dirt World Podcast. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, excited to talk to you too. And excited to talk about this particular topic. Yeah, good. Well, I'm super excited. You know, I'm going to keep it super high level. We'll talk a little bit about your, you know, your background and personal, um, uh, your, your personal side. We'll talk a little bit about business and we'll jump into leadership and workforce development. So I guess just as we get started, like where, where, where do you sit in the world today? Where, where am I talking to you at? Yeah, we live, my family and I, we live in Cleburne, Texas. So we're about 30 miles straight south of Fort Worth. Very good. Very good. So, you know, tell us, tell me a little bit about your background, kind of how you got into the construction industry and, you know, walk us through that journey from, you know, growing up, were you around construction or, you know, start from the earliest days? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the question. I, you know, I, I didn't work in construction early on. My family really wasn't in construction, but blue collar, logging, farming, sawmills, all things related to if it was a tree and you built something with it, we were involved. Uh, I grew up on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State. The little town I was born in, there was in and around that town when I was born, there was 27 sawmills. So we, you know, just a lot of that environment where ultimately I, you know, finding my way to the construction industry, a lot of the folks when I first started that were especially operators, but just kind of across the board, were coming out of the woods, coming off the farm. So you, you had a kind of a interesting, uh, crossing there between those three industries. But what I, I, so my degree, I got a degree in construction management from central Washington university in Allensburg, went to work for Kiwit. Um, right out of college, bounced around quite a bit, not company wise, but just geographically. Um, we've covered most of the Northern half of the United States in 2014, we moved to Dubai and spent four years, um, bidding, building work in the Middle East. We, some time in Australia, various places. So we, we've covered a lot of ground. We have six kids. My oldest uh, had birthdays in 13 different places by the time she was 22. Wow. So 
you know, just big complex infrastructure projects. That's kind of the nature of you, you, you go where the work is. Um, so it's been great, great industry, really yeah. good to me. So yeah, it's good stuff. What, what's ironic about you saying Dubai, not everybody else is going to know this, but this is my third podcast I've recorded today. And this morning I was actually talking with the CEO of Magnet Tires and he was in Dubai. So it was kind of ironic that that came up twice for me today. Yeah, um, yeah very interesting. You know, you mentioned Kiwit as I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. You know, I saw some other big names, Kiwit, Ames, Lane. You know, you've, you've definitely had some experience in the construction industry. Talk to me about that construction side, maybe some projects or things that you've learned along the way prior to even coming to WSB. Yeah, you know, I... I just generally, I, I, I love building stuff. Um, I, I even tried to start my own business at one point building furniture and you, you can't make any money at it. So I had to go back and try something different, but you know, it, it, it working for the larger companies, um, big iron, big projects, uh, lots of people. I, I love the environment that the thing that draws me to it, I think I, this, you know, I, I don't do a whole lot of psychological analyzing, but I grew up, played every sport that I could play, right? Very competitive. Um, and I think that just kept drawing me back to this kind of hyper competitive construction world where we are trying to build fast, safe with quality. There's just so many different aspects to it. You've got a new challenge every day. Um, you know, I was both on the field side and pre-construction side. So at Lane, I, I was the VP of bid development. So we, I was in charge of the national effort to chase work around the country. And that definitely, um, you know, kept me engaged. There was always a new challenge, always a new project to look at, always a new contract to read something that you had to make sure that you were protecting the company. And do we have people, do we have equipment? all the questions that you have to ask it's just a a very fast moving environment i've just always loved it yeah you're bringing back some good memories you know i i mentioned i was fourth generation road builder uh started on a shovel uh working on a grade crew for my dad worked three years on a on a grade crew then four years on a paving crew got into estimating project management business development marketing for for a large material supplying contractor but Hearing you talk about that, it reminds me of my field days. And I had a leader uh, who somewhat gamified, you know, and this has been a few years back. So, um, but, you know, they would bid the work and there was daily productions that were required for the day. And uh, we got, we, we got to see the scorecard the next day and know whether or not we hit productions uh, and whether or not we were winning or losing and, and he had broken it down. And so, to your point of teamwork and the gamesmanship and whatnot, even when I was in the field, I thoroughly enjoyed knowing what we were building, how we were supposed to build it, what we were supposed to get done in a day, and then trying to find ways to do it better, faster, safer, higher quality, you know, et cetera. So yeah. I can relate with what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun in one way. It's a tyranny of the urgent in another way. You know, I, I was talking to a good friend yesterday. He's been in the business a long time and we were trying to figure out, is there another industry where you get that scorecard every day? 
and sometimes multiple times a day. Right. And you, you're going home. Did I win? Did I lose it? <laughs> this is the yeah. degree to which it's taken root in my, everything I do. I have two sons. I often ask them at the end of the day, did you win today? Yeah. And it, it's like, it just, it becomes part of everything you do. Like you're, yeah. you're constantly on this competitive mindset. And I, I don't think that necessarily means there's some kind of, you know, psychosis involved. It's, it's just a way of life. Yeah. that approaches things and wants to do a little bit better today wants to you know sort out a better way of doing things yeah. and like you know i think there's a certain percentage of us that are just wired like that and that's what we want to get after yeah well i mean just i think human nature is whatever winning is however it's defined in your day of life like people like to win and winning the day is you know, not too many people like to lose. And so if you can, if you can have that vision, that plan, that strategy, whatever that looks like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm more than comfortable at, at kind of going with the flow and being sporadic and whatnot, but there's nothing greater than checking the box and crossing things off. And so the construction industry, you know, really allows us to, to do both in a, in a lot of ways. We can have a lot of wins and a lot of successes um, but yeah, the, the teamwork atmosphere too, is something that I just really enjoy about construction is, you know, you're going to battle every day, trying to figure it out with your brothers and sisters, you know, how, uh, how we can win that day. Yeah, I think that's true. I, you know, the, since coming to WSB and just reflecting on kind of both sides of, you know, more of a planning mentality versus that kind of sense of urgency and but the, the teamwork thing remains the same. It's like, you're not going to get where you want to go on your own. It's just, that's not the way this business works to, to build things, to do things better, to be part of something bigger than yourself. I think we're drawn to that just in general, you know, give me the tools I need, point me in the right direction and tell me I'm part of something bigger than myself and I'll come to work every day, ready to go to work. That's right. So it's, you know, I, yeah, that teamwork part of it's big, you know, uh, probably need to dive in a little bit. When I say names like Kiwit names and lane, there's probably a lot of people that understand construction, but let's, sure. let's, let's jump in real quick to WSB yeah. and, and who you are and what you do and, and whatnot. So if you could give me just kind of a high level overview of WSB, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. So WSB, uh, engineering consulting firm, um, the one of the founders of the company is still the CEO of the company, 700 employees um, spread around mainly the central part of the U.S., Texas, Minnesota, the Dakotas, some in Arkansas, Colorado. So but mainly, you know, consulting traditional consulting engineering firm. Um, the the thing that stood out to me when I was on the other side when I was working for Lane and we did a lot of alternative delivery design build projects. And we were always, you know, looking for engineers who, who wanted to innovate, wanted to do things a little different, wanted to think outside the box, push the envelope some, and, and WSB rose to the top of that list pretty quickly. Um, they were willing to try some things that others were still, kind of hanging back on we're there's we're in the middle of a big transition in the industry to 3d design and what does that really mean 
what are we going to use it for? How is it going to benefit a contractor? Um, and those were, there were a lot of questions that we had when I was with Lane. We had a partnership with Bentley Systems at the time. How are we going to do this in the future? What what competitive, to go back to our competition, what competitive advantage could we get? And WSB was willing to help us explore that. And that led to me saying, you know, the opportunity to influence the industry, you know, in my own little space towards um, more efficient way of deploying this technology was with an engineer rather than a contractor. That's what brought me over to WSB. Really cool. Has WSB been around for a long time? Let's see, 27 years, I think, is the yeah. is the time now. A lot of the, the leadership has been there for a long time. You know, the kind of the underlying ethos, I would say, is, um, you know, help put work in place, f- sort out how we can really support our clients, our, you know, the owners, but also the builders, the people who are building the work. So, yeah. And as I was looking online at your LinkedIn account, I, you know, it's over 740 people, you know, yeah. across. Man, so not a small company. No, not 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 small. Growing, growing geographically and people-wise, uh, you know, I think looking to continue that growth pattern and and really, I would say what we're what we bring to the market that's a differentiator would be that focus on advanced technology as an opportunity to bring true efficiency. So you you'll have a lot of, and this will end up sounding kind of outside the bounds for some, but you know, in a billable hours environment, you aren't necessarily incentivized to innovate. So the leadership at WSB has said, you know, we are in a position where we would like to innovate with respect to technology and take advantage of that so that we can continue to push the industry towards being, you know, more efficient and be better servants to our clients and, contractors really good you know in the intro uh i you know i talked about you being convinced of operationalizing and you know a digital twin could could you talk to me a little bit about what that is and you know it's just out of pure curiosity and and and, uh in interest yeah it's there's a you know like i said there's a big shift in the industry and, and it's mainly owners and engineers, consulting engineers who are, and technology companies like Bentley that we're partnered with, like moving towards a 3D environment. So as that happens, how how are we going to use that in the field? There's a whole ecosystem that's associated with putting work in place, you know, suppliers and vendors and subcontractors and, you know, many, many people, many stakeholders. So how, how are we really going to use technology? So what a digital twin is, put simply, it's a digital representation of a physical asset. So if you just kind of bottom line it and say, we have technology available now and everybody sees a lot of this around them, but you can kind of move into a digital space and see what you're going to build before you go build it. That allows you better analytical tools, 
better tools for planning the work, uh, better control of quantities, cost. There's a lot of benefits to being able to see something and the risks that are involved, right? In construction, we're, you know, oops, there's a gas line in the way. What do I do? You know, and you're stopped. That's not where they said that was. So there's an opportunity. If you bring all of that into a digital environment, the way I've been saying it is that if you ask anybody who's responsible for building work, hey, do you want to be able to look on the screen in a 3D environment and see what you're going to be dealing with before you put a bucket in the ground? Who's going to say no to that? Yeah. You know, nobody. They're all going to say, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like to see that. Yeah, that's incredible. So as I think about it, you know, I start to think about the vertical world has, has been, you know, leaning into yeah. BIM and, yeah. you know, uh, modeling and 3d and, and where everything goes. But a lot of times they're going vertical and it's a lot of times it's brand new. Yeah. Uh, there is definitely some remodel and, and, you know, retrofits and things yeah. like that. And they potentially use it. But for me, like, I'm just going to be honest that maybe I've just been out of touch a little bit, but I have not seen a lot of the 3d modeling on the horizontal oh, side of things. Yeah, you're not out of touch. It's It's been a long time coming. We're kind of in the middle of what I'd call that transition. Um, 27 of the DOTs have already set up what amounts to a 3D design workspace. So you're, you know, the industry's headed there um, for, for good or bad, right? You, we can make what we want out of it, basically. Um, it can be really good. It can yeah. also... You know, I don't know if it's attributed to Bill Gates. I don't know if he's the one who actually said it. But when you apply technology to a bad process, you only make it worse. So, you know, if we take advanced technology and we apply it to what's already not working, it's not going to make it better. Yeah. So um, we need to think it through and how are we going to deploy these things? So it sounds like you and WSB are kind of at the tip of the spear, obviously now 27 DOTs that that that's a movement to me. I mean, that's not like, Hey, we're it's, it's coming. That's a, it's happening type thing. How are you positioning yourself and your organization to bring the rest of the industry along? Because uh, to me, like that adoption, education, training, um, you know, just getting people asking the right questions and, and what technology do they need? And, Maybe there's uh, further advancements that I'm aware of, but you know, is this something that only WSB is doing, or are there other engineering firms? Or like, talk to me a little bit about where we are with that advancement. There's there's a lot of people working on this. It's not just WSB. I think you know there's sure. a lot of people around the country that are you know focusing energy on what's next, right? Training people and trying to get up to speed. I think where WSB differentiates some is that we've been at it maybe a little longer. And um, maybe, I hope, a little more creatively. Yeah. Um, we have a broader base of expertise um, from surveying and, and folks like me. I don't usually work for a consulting engineer. Somebody like me doesn't usually sit in this seat. So we've we, the leadership at WSB is committed to taking a kind of a project lifecycle approach to it. And, and really trying to leverage that, okay, what's the target we're shooting at? What are, what are we going to get to in the end, meaning the project that we're going to build? And how are we going to use technology to help uh, make that more efficient? 
And we've another element that's maybe unique is that we're, we are partnered with Bentley Systems. We're the only digital integration partner. And we're deploying these um, tools on behalf of those who build the work. So I, I don't want to, you know, underemphasize that. My whole focus, to be perfectly honest, is that I don't want to see technology live behind a veil where engineers, owners, and technology companies are the ones who are dreaming up the future. I want to see the guys who have to get a stick of pipe in the ground have an opportunity to use this technology to their benefit. Not only profit benefit, which honestly that's the main driver, but be safer, mitigate risk, higher quality, be able to plan your work better. You know, put some pretty exciting tools in the hands of your best people. Get people excited about being part of the industry. Hey, look, you want to, you want to build the job before you ever put a bucket in the ground? Come help us do that. You know, young technology guy. Yeah. What's the collaboration look like from uh, utilities and right of way? I mean, like, you know, as, as we're building projects, that's usually, you know, the first of of the biggest of challenges of many, um, you know, do they have a seat at the table that you know of? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and I'll, I'll do another, just a quick name drop 4M analytics is another company that we're partnered with that's in my view, changing the way that we analyze utilities. Um, They've mapped the entire state of Texas, uh, California, Colorado, Florida. There's more coming. What they're doing is they're applying best information available from all publicly available sources, all the as-builts, every bit of data you can get your hands on. Where are the utilities? From the utility companies themselves, 811 system, and they're putting that into a, uh, a web environment. And you can, you can see where all of those utilities are in one place very quickly. That's the thing that's changing. And then on top of that, they have some pretty amazing machine learning AI algorithms that are running in the background to give you the most likely location, but without getting kind of techy. What you're saying about technology as it applies to utilities, yes, it's a huge risk. It's always one of the top three risks on every project. Is this stuff where they say it is? Usually no, right? At least some of it's not. And it's going to cause impacts on the project. So we're WSB, we're partnering with 4M to really move that, being able to analyze that as far forward in the process as possible and give people better tools to be able to, you know, be safe and plan your work better. Yeah. That's really good. Really, really good. Uh, so I'm just out of curiosity, like, have you worked on a project that has full horizontal, you know, mapping and, and whatnot? And, and what were some of the case study or the results from kind of working on that? We aren't quite to case study right now. We have okay. two in process. Okay very large projects in Texas. One of them is very large. Um, and then another one in, that's also in Texas. So we're in, in, in process that the challenge is, and this is going to be techie sounding, but no, how do you good. move a 2d drawing into a 3d environment? So we're trying to work through, um, how do you really bring that Z component into play so that people can see how it interacts with, uh, 
final conditions of the construction project. Yeah. And that it's a challenge. Um, we're going to crack the code and get it sorted and, you know, back to the competition thing. So much of what we do in the construction business is always about speed. I used to tell estimators, look, don't worry about it. All you have to do is be fast and accurate. Right. <laughs> so, but that's the, that's, that's the world that we live in is that we've got to do it fast and we've got to do it safe and we've got to do it accurate. So, um, having this utility mapping service all in one place at one time, that's what I'm, that's what I think is the actual value going forward is that you can just have access to it so quickly. Yeah. You know, and at BuildWit, our, our mission is to make the dirt world a better place. And so, you know, there's always this lead person or organization or technology. And usually the person who's at the forefront has a competitive edge for a while before it becomes the standard or the norm, right? Um, but to me, what I'm most excited about is when I hear you talking about speed and accurate and safety is like, that's, that's a better dirt world. And that's also going to attract, you know, this next generation who, who wants to leverage technology, who wants to build smart, who wants to be, you know, environmentally friendly and, and do all of these great things. And so the, the more that we're leveraging that for the good, the better stories we have to tell, the better that it's going to overall really take our industry in the, in the direction that we need it to go. Yeah, I, I believe that 100%. I think, you know, I just personally, I, I feel the same. I, you know, it's not if, if we can't bring value, meaning, you know, help things be better, then what are we wasting our time on? Right. That's and right. I, I do think that this, um, what WSB and in partnership with Bentley, what we're trying to bring to the table is focused on just what you're saying. It's a, it's a recruiting tool for the right companies. You know, you deploy this advanced technology and Hey, you just expanded your labor pool. Cause now you got a guy who, you know, he's, he's really good at understanding a digital environment. Well, have him come in and help you build these models out. You know, there's just a lot of opportunity that's happening right now. I think where we can broaden our horizons just a little bit in terms of the people that can be involved. And um, I'm excited about it. You've talked about Bentley Systems a couple of times, pardon yeah. me, but I'm not familiar with them. What, what, so what is it that they do? They're a really interesting company. They're publicly traded, very large technology company. But pretty much every public project in the country, 47 of the 50 DOTs use Bentley technology to, as their design platform. Uh, when I was with Lane, we figured it's, it's about 85% of the engineering firms that we were dealing with. It was their main design platform. So there's Bentley technology all over the construction world. It's everywhere all the time being used. Often though, it's engineering, planning, owner side, not really for the contractor. Well, that's in my, you know, in the intro, you said the six years, it was, it was six years ago that I started working with Bentley on what has become the synchro platform, which is a, it's a platform of tools that's focused on the contractor. So, you know, Bentley's always been there, always on the design side, always, you know, moving the industry really. But now they've really made a concerted effort to say, okay, well, you know, we're helping all these designers. Why don't we build something for the guys who build the work? 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's, I'm really excited about what they've built. It's, it's unique. It's um, nobody else in the industry's got what they've got. And it's it's going to be exciting to see it. it you know, what's exciting to he- that I'm hearing is- and a connector. We talked about teamwork early, but trees that are doing things. So let's learn from every, every industry specializing in, in what, what, what different technology in the built world. And let's, let's strategically start to, to, to come together at the table to talk about how we can deliver better, faster, cheaper. And so I'm just, I think it's really cool to hear you talk about, you come from the construction world. You're now at an engineering firm. You're partnering with Bentley and 4M and the DOTs and, and, and really it's for the greater good of the industry. And that's, that's pretty cool to hear you working on the, on, on something so big that could fundamentally change the industry. I mean, that's what we hope to be part of something that's, you know, there's a, I think it's called Say's law is that supply creates its own demand. And you, you, you know, you kind of look over the history of the development of technology and you realize that's kind of true because when new things come to market, new things happen, it's not like people were sitting around wishing they had an iPhone 20 years ago. They didn't, that wasn't, I don't know what right. that is. Yeah. So I think we'd like to be a small part of seeing this um, move towards leveraging the tools that are available and be just a little bit better, a little bit safer, a little bit better risk mitigation, all of those things. And yeah, I'm excited to bring people together around that, right? Is that we don't need to learn everything the hard way. Yeah. Um, internationally, you know, being overseas opened my eyes to a few things. There's the Nordic countries, the UK, other parts of Europe, other parts of Asia. They've been using this stuff for a long time. Now, they don't have, they haven't cracked the code either. They have a lot of bureaucratic entanglements that don't necessarily allow the innovation to really flourish. We're in the United States. That's where I think we have the opportunity to really push for true innovation that brings real efficiency to the market. That's really good. Curious, uh, doubling back to those couple projects in Texas, are they public jobs or are they private jobs? Yeah, they're large large public projects, both like in planning phase, you know? So um, that's just for what we're working on around the kind of the utility mapping services, but we've got partners in Georgia, partners in Pennsylvania, uh, partners in Minnesota. So, you know, that I see now a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have said this, there wasn't a whole lot of momentum, you know, builders are conservative by nature. They don't, you know, when I operate on a margin of 3%, I need to be pretty cautious. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to move until I either have to, or you've proven to me it's going to make things better. But I, I see people now, oh, that's actually going to bring value. So I can take simple things that I used to do. Five people were involved and it required 10 emails and four hours of work. Well, maybe we can digitize that and turn it into two people in 30 minutes, you know, it might not seem like much, but you multiply that over the course of a project or over the course of years. And I think we're able to bring some real value. You know, I'm fascinated by the fact that WSB reached out 
you know, to you, you've got a partnership, however that came, they brought, they brought you in, you know, um, you know, with your construction background and are, are looking for ways to, to really innovate in the industry. So I'm kind of curious, like, you know, from a mission, vision, value standpoint, and a leadership philosophy at WSB, like, is that kind of part of the DNA or the culture there where you're, con you know, looking for what's a, around the apex and innovating and creating? Is that how you've gotten to, to where you are today as an organization? You know, I've only been here for a year, so I can't really speak to the, the history of it, but I can see the, the uh, personality of the people since I've come here, uh, inquisitive, creative, um, willing to, you know, kind of related to inquisitive, ask the hard question, um, maybe even ask the question that's a little outside the box so that, you know, hey, what if we tried this? entrepreneurial, I think I, I've been just blown away by just the entrepreneurial spirit within the organization to like, how can we bring something to market that's really going to help people? You know, like George Gilder says that the, um, you know, capitalism in general is this opportunity for the person who most, who figures out how best to serve their neighbor is the one who succeeds, right? Is that if I have a product and it doesn't help anybody, well, then I'm not going to su succeed in a free market. But in a free market, if I can sort out how I can help my neighbor, basically, then I'm going to be a successful business. And I've just been blown away by WSB's across the board willingness to empower people to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm curious. Um, we've got you know, we, we talk about the workforce shortage that's out there and that the stats are real. Um, you know, they say by 2031, 40% of the industry is going to retire and we need, you know, half million people coming into skilled trades every year for the next decade plus. Um, so that's a broad brushstroke of high level, right? So you know, I've been diving in with construction and material supply and trucking. You know, I just, I've talked with diesel lap, you know, diesel laptops and we were talking about diesel technicians. So from an engineering side of things, I'm kind of curious, like, I you know, are, is there a shortage of people in engineering? How is that, you know, or are, are people still coming in? I was just kind of curious as to your thoughts around the, the challenges there. It's a good question. There's a pinch. I wouldn't say it's the same as what you're seeing yeah. kind of in the, in the construction workforce, but there's definitely a, um, you don't just kind of wait for the labor to come to you. You know, that's not going to happen. You need to be, have a proactive recruiting strategy, have a proactive, um, strategy for retention. It, it's not just going to fall out of the sky for you in engineering. And it's, it's very competitive from one firm to another. People are very willing to bounce from one company.
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that we've been learning about in construction is uh, with the retirements that are happening, the natural attrition, there's a lot of knowledge that's walking out of the industry. And so from a knowledge transfer standpoint, you know, there's a, there's a lot of conversations around the importance of just getting people in the room and, you know, having those peer groups and mentoring and leadership conversations or, you know, documentation and SOPs or actual heaven forbid, we start to video record, you know, great lessons learned and, you know, provide these educational uh, classes to where it's now documented and able to transfer. So kind of curious about your thoughts or ideas around knowledge transfer and, and how we're going to do that best. That's a good question. I, you know, maybe backing up just a little bit, and this is about kind of the recruiting retention people and, you know, this, kind of institutional knowledge. What, what does it look like to pass that on from a generation, one generation to the next? And the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no profit, of course, and I don't claim to be prognosticating anything, but I think if WSB, if what we're working on was able to do one thing, that one thing that I'd like to see us be able to do is to reinforce and be a part of the people solution. Right, because I don't, I don't think it's going to be a single, single answer to the question. I think it's going to be a multi-pronged um, approach. And can we help give your best people? I'm talking to a contractor now. Can we help give your best people some training and some um, confidence in using better tools? I think we probably can. Can we help reinforce your project teams when it's really hard to find the staff that you need? I think we can, you know, can we, can we help make things more transparent, more clear? You're not wasting time looking for things for 20 hours a week or whatever it is that people are spending time looking for things. And then just the institutional knowledge part of it is that when you have an environment where you've collected all of the information into a single location and it's connected to a 3d model, say, just say as an example, you, you have this opportunity to teach and train from within an environment that had the lessons learned that were captured. How did we build that? Well, let's look at it. Yeah. Because you're never going to have everybody right there watching the operation. So you need to find some creative ways to bring more people into the game, so to speak. So, you know, I maybe dream big, but I, I do think that the, the, this specific technology, this and it's a strange thing that happens when you get people into a room and you show them a digital representation of a physical asset and people start collaborating around that. Yeah. It, the, the, the time it takes to go from, I've never seen this project to, I kind of know what I'm going to go build is radically decreased from looking at a 2d set of plans. That's really cool. So I think if we got to be part of the people, solution that everybody's facing. I think that's yeah. where we could really make a difference and help some companies. That's good. That's really good. Uh, speaking of people solutions, um, you know, one thing we talk about is to attract and retain, you know, people in general, you know, businesses have a responsibility to create a place that people want to be. 
And so that's that you have to kind of start to think about the environment, the people, the communications, the training. There's so many things that impact humans. And, and if they enjoy the work, they enjoy the culture, they enjoy the vibe, you know, all those things, you know, celebrations, traditions, recognition, a culture of care, all of these things kind of come into it. So I'm kind of curious, you know, from a WSB standpoint, you know, are there any things that you guys do from a, a people recognition, project recognition, call outs, you know, internal communications, what do you do to really create an environment that people want to be? The number one thing is to just, you know, provide that entrepreneurial, innovative, creative opportunity for people to, you know, think, right, to think hard, to, to have an opportunity to be heard um, and to really, you know, kind of be part of something bigger than themselves. I, ultimately, I do think the organizations that can provide a framework where people feel like they're part of something bigger than them, they tend to stay. Right. It's, it's an important thing to work on. I feel like I'm working on something that is worthwhile, you know, then, then people tend to tend to want to be part of that. And I think WSB does a great job of providing that for our employees. Um, you know, another thing is just give people the right tool, right? What is the tool or the tools plural that they need to do their job? Don't, don't penny pinch them on the, you know, if they need a little bit better computer, get them a little bit better computer. If they, if they need a new skill saw, get, you know, I understand we need to watch cost, but if it's impacting their productivity 10%, it's not just about the 10% productivity impact. They're really frustrated having to run something that's not quite working right. So that's where I think WSB has done a really good job in that area. Maybe other companies could learn something from that. Yeah. Kind of maybe a little bit of a left field question, but yeah. something I was thinking about as an engineering firm, um, you know, a few years back, there was a lot of companies that had to go to a lot of remote work yeah. and there's been a lot of, you know, with 700 people in multiple States, I can only imagine that you guys did a fair amount of remote work during that time period. I know you've only been there for the year, but I'm curious, like, is everybody back in an office? Are you doing more of a hybrid approach? Is there a more flexible work schedule? Like where are you guys sitting on that uh, from, as an organization? I think, you know, it's the full-time remote for lots of people is probably a thing of the past. It's, it's more of a hybrid situation and then kind of work from home remote as the, <laughs> and this goes back to the people issue can you find capable people to do the thing you need to do in the area where you have an office? Sometimes you can't. So you, you know, you have some remote workers, but yeah, I think there's been a big push to get back to the office. Uh, there's no replacement for FaceTime people sitting face to face, solving problems. And, you know, I think our management has recognized that it's been pushing for more of it. I don't think, you know, it's only going to be in the office. I don't think that's been the push, but the, to maximize the amount of time we spend together as a team. Sure. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, just from a learning and development standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's lots of ways to do it. You've got podcasts, you've got YouTube, you've got books, there's classes that you could take. There's probably continued education that has to happen for, you know, some engineers. I was just curious from a learning and development standpoint, like, 
where does WSB sit on that? What, 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 what do you guys do from a cultural standpoint to, to, to make sure that your teams are, are definitely cutting edge? I don't think I've ever been part of an organization that encourages the training the way WSB does. So, you know, there's a lot of the technology providers will give certain certifications for their platform and WSB allows the time required to go do that. You know, and then just internally, we have a thing called WSBU, where there's a lot of internal training, a lot of, and it's not just like the onboarding type stuff, but it's ongoing, um, just kind of increased knowledge. Let's, let's try to push for that. So I think there's like this institutional piece where there's an actual thing called WSB University. And then there's the, maybe the um, management support to just get the training and we want to, if we want to lead, then we need to be cutting edge in our training program too. So there's been a lot of that. Well, as we start to wrap up our conversation, I'm curious, you know, one, is there anything else that we, that that we've left out that we haven't covered that you want to cover? And then lastly, you know, what are you most excited about for the dirt world as, as we, as we move forward? Like, what are you most optimistic about, you know? I'm most optimistic about opportunity. I mean, it's just coming fast. I think, you know, it tends to be, um, somewhat daunting and you can tend to get sort of down about it. And, but if you ask yourself whether or not being down about it is going to produce any good results, it's just not. So it's like gratitude to be involved and then just get after it. I think is this like the path to being able to really change things because the alternative, even if you were right about being kind of Eeyore about it, even if you were right, is it doing you or anybody else any good? It's not right. It doesn't do any good. So, I think what I'm most excited about is just the opportunity. I'm grateful to be involved in the business. I love building stuff and I love watching things be built. Um, and I'm really looking forward to WSB being able to partner with those who go into the field and build this stuff. It's hard. It's not easy. And we don't pretend that it is. And we're here to support those guys. We want to help you build better. I love it. Well, Andy, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Dirt World podcast. Um, extremely grateful for your support at the area at Dirt World Summit uh, and all that you're doing to, to make the Dirt World a better place. Uh, you can find Andy and WSB on LinkedIn, or you can visit them on their website at WSBENG.com. That's WSBENG.com. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep leading in the dirt world, building people, projects, and communities. Andy, thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. It's been great.